Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. Hello, mate. Hello. Changed it up then, and I got a strange reply. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Apologies. Um, <laughs> how you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Wicked. Yeah. Yeah? Wicked today. I'm wicked. Oh, what's made you so wicked? You don't want to know. <laughs> Probably don't. Probably don't. I'm imagining you're not wicked today because you got a visit from a certain fat man I last night. You, to do <laughs> <laughs> you got to try and make these things work, Harry. How do you make that so creepy as well? You've, you're not feeling good because you've had a, a visit from a random fat man who's yeah. broken to your house. I mean, technically, that is what this particular fat man that I'm thinking of mad, does. Isn't it? It's absolutely mad. The whole story. It is, yeah. We're talking about Father Christmas. Whether you believe it or not. Believe it or not. Um, <laughs> that was my weird Kanye West impression, by the way. <laughs> Where are you going to go? Here I come. You get high. Oh, no. I was thinking on... Is it on Yay? Or is it on Kissy Ghost? Believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Make no mistake, girl. <laughs> still love you. Santa, then, eh? <laughs> what yeah. is he? Um... Was he, like, a big part of your childhood? Did your parents, like, go along with the, yes. the Father Christmas brought these presents thing? It's it's funny, because I almost don't remember any of the hijinks of his... Here's all these things, always left this behind, or yeah. blah, blah, blah. But I remember sitting in my room and waiting for Santa and yeah. looking outside, fully expecting that he would be up there. Like, there was no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Just you... the hours wasted just looking into the sky being like oh no would you leave something out for him yeah I think we left a mince pie and a carrot yeah the same and then you get up in the morning there'd be a bite out of the carrot yeah why do they never just have them oh (laughs) but also the carrot I don't know if I've thought this as a child but like a bite out of the carrot makes no sense because the reindeers don't come in the house we're all fully aware that he leaves the sleigh so what he's gone down the chimney, got the carrot, gone up, gonna have a bite of that, Rudolph, and then come back down again. More, thank you. Okay, I'll go and put it down on the plate. <laughs> no, it's absolutely mad. Like, why would he do that? Unless he's just chucking it back down the chimney when he's done, <laughs> and it bounced back up onto the plate. Yeah, his magical skills. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a story so absurd that I can't. There's a part of me that wonders if I ever believed it. Because he can't go to every house. I'm sorry if there's any children listening and this is ruining everything. I should should have warned that before, actually, because I know for a fact a few families have told me that they listen to it as a family sometimes, this podcast. So apologies if we just ruined people's Christmas slash lives, but um, we're here to perform a public service, and that is well, cynicism. Yeah. I actually, talking about um, the Santa Claus with that film... Yeah. Someone, I can't think it was on YouTube, was making a really good point, which I never even picked up on, that in the film Santa exists, yeah. obviously, yet the adults don't believe in him. So who the hell brings all them presents? If 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 he's actually delivering presents to the kids, then why wouldn't the adults or the mm. parents believe in Santa if these presents are just appearing yeah, cause that's a, from that, Santa? that's also the case in Elf. Yeah. There's quite a common trope in Christmas films that people don't believe in Father Christmas and then he surprises them by being... But yeah, do they just think their like wife is bringing them and don't ever bother to ask a question like, yeah, did you do the stocking this year, They must never ask. 
they're just thinking, well, the other one's going to do it because they always have. Yeah, it doesn't quite add up, does it? It doesn't work. That is why the whole thing. It's a big, big plot hole there. I agree. Um, did you, did your parents do anything to kind of make you believe? Or do you remember when you stopped believing? No, I, I don't. I do. I, I don't. I remember. Th- I can kind of remember there being a sort of moment where I didn't really want to tell my mum that I knew he wasn't real. It I felt. Think you knew at school or something. Yeah, and I think my mum knew that I didn't know by that point as well. But I kind of, I just wanted to let. I don't know if I was just sort of like trying to please her, but I just kind of wanted to let the 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 wonder of it all live on just that little bit longer. Maybe deep in my heart, I knew there's going to be a lot of Christmases where I she's going. I really am not going to believe in this. So yeah, let's just have a couple more. I was thinking about this just the other day. Like we we found out because I think it was Jack. So we there was like a car or a toy that was in the cupboard like in November. Yeah, and then Jack I think got it for Christmas from Santa yeah and we were like oh really but it's almost as if you already kind of know then because no one's ever, I don't ever remember being gutted or anything like and it feels like then like no one really talks about it at school maybe no one wants to actually kind of admit to knowing or not knowing or whatever um, but also when do parents have to sit you down and talk to you or do you just kind of grow out of it and then there's an understanding like a mutual understanding like I don't know how it works because no one's ever really said yeah, I don't. I was never told. Maybe I said, "Mom, Dad, Santa isn't real, is he?" And they said, "No." Or did they? Did they kind of bring it up? Or I don't know. I have no I, idea how it went. My vague memory is of it is that kind of once I came around to it, I knew that my old because I'm the middle child. Mm. I think my experience was that Louise knew my older sister. She knew when I didn't, and then. By the time I right. knew Lizzie, my little sister, she was still believing. So I think I just went from the kind of the subject of the Are you excited for Father Christmas to kind of being in on it and being like winking along with my parents rather than there being a moment where it's like, right, Father Christmas isn't real anymore. Yeah. Whereas you're the last one in the family. So once you knew it, so it's over. So, well, maybe it was Jack that told me because he would have been like, well, I know this isn't from Santa. I can imagine Jack as a very young calling bullshit on her and just like, no. (laughs) Don't believe it. Never seen him. Absolutely bullshit. I'm six. (laughs) But I was, another thing I thought the other day when I was walking uh, around Brighton, I went from the centre of our big shopping centre, Churchill Square, where they've got a kind of Santa's Grotto thing. Mm. And there was a like queue of kids there. And as I walked down one of the shopping streets, there was another Father Christmas walking along. (laughs) And I just thought, there needs to be some kind of consensus among adults because oversaturation of Father Christmas is, is going to ruin it for everyone. <laughs> like, then everyone needs to agree we're going to do one in Brighton for the festive period because if I've just been to Santa's Grotto and sat on his lap and then I walk out and there's another one wandering around, it's like, what? Also, when a kid's watching a Christmas film, they think that that is the Santa. Yeah. So, and there's about 90 different drawings of what Santa looks like. They're all relatively similar. Yeah. But... There's no continuity. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. I always like the bit in Stupid. Home Alone where um, Kevin talks to like the Father Christmas guy and he's like, look, I know the deal, but you're not the real Santa, but I know you have links to him. 
and I know you can get the message to him. So please, can you tell him that what I want for Christmas is my family back, blah, 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 blah. But I thought that was quite a nice way of kind of explaining to kids why there's loads of them around. It's like, yeah. there's only one to go around all the millions of kids, so we're going to have to, some of us, pretend to be him. But they're all working for the real guy. There's always something you can say to kind of make it yeah. make sense. But I do like those those films that kind of live in the world of Santa isn't real. Yeah. I think I like them more than... I mean, that is most films. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, most films don't reference Santa at all. They, I mean like... Christmas films. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, Inception yeah. doesn't talk about Santa at all. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, that is most films. I do like those films that don't mention Santa. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah. But he is real, kids out there. You're trying to do another link? No. Oh, like, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you're doing that thinking face. <laughs> no, I just suddenly felt a pang of guilt. I wonder if when I have kids, if I have kids. Yeah. I definitely think I'll tell them about Father Christmas. I think I will, I will. make that part of it. But I wonder if there'll come a, a moment where I'll feel the need to tell them. Or whether... I Yeah. I, I think that would be a weird thing. Imagine telling them and their little faces if they actually don't know. Yeah, that's the that's the risk you have to take. I think you've just got to let another kid do it, right? Yeah, you, you can't tell him yourself. Billy the twat at school, let him know. Yeah, but there was actually just very quickly before we move on, there was actually a was it this American Life where there was a Christmas episode where the family really took the whole Santa thing to a new level, where they would kind of take the kids out and yeah, Santa was outside and he crashed his sleigh and he's got a reindeer and they would get these reindeer to kind of to be there and like the kids have these apps these memories of really really believing in it and seeing him and all I this think stuff that would mess with your head it more. did that was the point of the thing it kind of got they're like 20 odd now but they kind of hate their parents a bit <laughs> for kind of <laughs> ruining them yeah because like like say another sort of comparable mythical being like the tooth fairy if mm. your parents arranged for some woman dressed in a fairy costume to come into your bedroom and take your teeth I'd be like oh, what's going on as a kid like you can go too far let it live in this imaginary world it gives adults a really hard job as well they've got to go in and get this tooth from under the wrist waking them up and blah 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 yeah. so whose idea was this giving yeah. us these tasks to do yes. <laughs> maybe they're just little missions just for adults yeah. to have some fun Yeah. <laughs> how do you think I'm just thinking like the rate of inflation, do you reckon a tooth is still worth a pound? Absolutely not. It was a pound when I was growing up, was it for you? 37p now. No, but like, do you think they still get a pound coin? Or do you oh, think... Oh, for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think a pound's still right. I don't know if it was ever written anywhere, or where it, where it actually comes I from. I don't know, my parents had just decided a pound. Yeah. You get a pound. We had a pound. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> a two pound coin one time. Oh, I I feel never... like maybe a big tooth got a no, tooth. I never got a tooth coin. I don't remember it, but it's possible. Yeah. I feel like now kids are probably thinking, give us a fiver. Just smacking out all their teeth. Are <laughs> <laughs> you, you mole? <laughs> give me 10 pound. <laughs> I don't know how many teeth someone has, by the way, sorry. Uh, that sounds about right to me. Cool. Uh, so, anyway, another wonderful, glorious, mythical, heroic being lives in this country yeah. and he goes by the name of Jeremy 
Corbyn. We don't like to get too uh, political on this podcast. Um, and Christmas, despite what the Tories might think, is not the time to be playing party politics. But I think it's both. It's fair to say that both of us are fans of big old Jez. Jezzo. Isn't that right? Yeah. Um, and a bit like when we were talking about the Chance and Subtract song and how that was two worlds colliding that you wouldn't always expect. There was one moment this year, one morning, when I woke up and I was lying there in bed, scrolling through my Instagram feed, a bit bleary-eyed, and something popped up which blew my little mind. It was Orlando Weeks, lead singer of the Maccabees, sat on a train next to leader of the Labour Party, soon-to-be leader of this country, (laughs) Jeremy Corbyn. What a bizarre moment, but what yeah, a brilliant moment. Kind of take, what was it, two takes? Yeah. You look at it and you're like, no, yeah. that's been staged or something. It just seemed too perfect to be true. Like, literally two of my favourite people on the planet. Um, yeah, just sat there, clearly just having a nice little time you on the train what, to Manchester. You wonder what they want. They talked about, don't you? Well, uh Politics, politics or music yeah I think they're the two big choices although Orlando is a bit of a creative now isn't he mm. um, but I think we talked about on that morning like imagine if one of us had then got on that train and you're walking down the carriage and you just see yeah. those who sat there I, I I would have just got off I think I don't think I could have coped with the excitement whereas there's two seats probably in front of them that absolutely you're allowed to go and sit in because yeah. that's what you do on a train and neither of us would have done no would have loved to although so this is related um i actually went to see orlando weeks you did this week do a performance of the gritter man yeah at uh, union church i think it's called union chapel union chapel yeah and uh, we were sat on a table that uh, mystery jets were on and matt horn uh, from Gavin and Stacey also big Maccabees fan yep. used to, has been in all their videos or a few of their videos and stuff and there were some empty seats on that table and we were like well let's sit down on them yep. and we just kind of looked at each other Jen didn't really care too much about them but I was like I couldn't think straight I was just like, <laughs> like I'm not bothered about Matt Horn really but to, I've met Matt to, Horn he's a nice guy yeah he's lovely Je- Jen um because he comes into the office quite a bit to do some voiceovers. Yeah. Jen kind of knows him, and she was kind of just waiting to see if he would recognise her. Yeah. Um, but that that felt a bit like that. Like yeah. we did take that risk of kind of sitting there because I just thought, well, they all we have to do is not stare at them, yeah. and then we'll be okay. Yeah. But even that, like, I mean, that's great. I'm quite jealous of that. I'd, mm. I'd have liked to have met the Mystery Jets, but it's not quite Orlando. It's it's, it's not, not quite Jeremy Corbyn. It's I mean, I've met Jeremy Corbyn. As in being quite close to him mm. in a room, but I've been in a tent with him. Yeah, just mean him. Um, but it's yeah that that would have just been next level. Funnily enough, you talk about the Gritter Man, which for people who don't know is this children's book Orlando Weeks wrote. You call it a children's book? Yeah, I think. Well, I don't know. It's kind, it's of, kind of, of like a picture book, a story book. Yeah. yeah, like a story book. It's all kind of beautiful hand illustrations, um, and it's a very kind of Christmassy story. It's very yeah, very wintry, very Christmassy. Yeah. Um, and it it centers around this character who's the gritter man who he go, what he does he goes out and grits the road at night and it's kind of his last um night on the job is the story that follows um but all these illustrations he's kind of this kind of old nice looking guy with kind of rosy cheeks mm. um on the morning that i saw the picture of the two i took a screenshot of it and i sent it to my mum 
and said, and said, look, it's Orlando. Because she'd got into the Gritter Man. Yeah. And she'd kind of got into Orlando and the Maccabees through that. And I said, look, mum, it's Orlando and the Gritter Man. And she replied saying, oh, well, I thought that was Jeremy Corbyn. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> mum. <laughs> I wonder if he was there the other night. Um, Maybe. I think he's been a bit busy this week. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so tell us about the Gritman because there's only so much we can talk about a picture. It's the <laughs> picture of the year. If we could have uh, an album cover, a tattoo, anything to sum up 2018. For me, I would just stick that on it. It's yeah. my favourite picture of all time. Absolutely. Um, the Gritman was sensational. It was emotional. Um, I think I did nearly tear up. At one point, near I'm the end. I'm not surprised because I just listening to the recorded album and kind of reading along with the book, I find it quite emotional. Partly because I think it's autobiographical. I think it's about the last, the Maccabees' last tour. I think it is at times, and then sometimes I think it's a bit more standalone. And actually, I was thinking about that as I was listening to it. I was thinking. Can can somebody just write something because they think of a good story, or does, oh, does yeah, it always 100%. kind of? Do they t- do, even if it he didn't know it, has he maybe taken little things that kind of do mean certain things in that story? Um, and it doesn't really matter. But it, the thing that, the thing that made me emotional was just the the ambience in the room yeah. and the the sounds. That, that were being made and this the little carol, carol bit that was playing and just all these things together it was just sonically emotional yeah in a way like it's hard frisson. to explain frisson yeah um and then the the track kind of ended the sorry the last track came on oh and the, the lights were amazing like there was yeah i've seen a lot Christmas of pictures tree. from it they look really kind of beautiful yeah, cascading that, lights if you've seen if the illustrations there is a bit in the book where it's just kind of all snow and yeah. it's about him driving through this blizzard and there's a bit when they the the kind of all the lights are going around the room and it kind of looks like snow yeah and that's obviously what they're going for um but right at the end the last track is kind of coming to the end of it and then the organ just starts and there is a fucking huge organ behind them behind paul whitehouse who's doing the narration who's also absolutely fantastic yeah. like flawless um and this organ just starts and it's the loudest thing ever yeah. and the room is just building it's like the whole thing's lifting off it's like being in a spaceship <laughs> or something and it, you can you see the guy down there and the organ is just a sensational um instrument in the first place but going along with this track and you just like it feels like you're just tent like tensing up like excited yeah. and it was one of the most just simply amazing things I've seen affecting affecting yeah yeah and it's the perfect time that I really really wanted to be out I wanted to take my mum actually but mm. because of moving house and stuff we couldn't make it work um, but I think as far as I can tell it seems like it's something he's hoping to do each year around the same time so yeah. I think that that could become a real kind of beautiful seasonal event yeah um, maybe we we'll get another story or something as well yeah, well, it's only just that book. I think for me, we all kind of sat, me, my mum, and my eldest niece, we sat and listened to it and read the book on Christmas Eve last year. And I can see that becoming a bit of a tradition for us. So I hope for Orlando, he does again, and for my sake, because I want to go and see it. Yeah. Um, should we finish this episode on a song from The Gritter Man then? Yes, let's do that. Um, I'm actually just going to play the last track 
which is called When All Is Said and Done. Beautiful. I can't go home now. Back to number 25 with nothing to look forward to. A life without gritting's no life at all. I decide when I've done my round. Buses have stops and trams have rails. But I'm free. I can go where I please. So I will carry on through elevenses and well past lunch, beyond the A roads and the B roads, beyond the country lanes and the dirt tracks and further afield than the furthest field. And if the van holds, grit beyond the sunset, outside any council jurisdiction, outside gravitational jurisdiction, into the sky, into the clouds, to grit at source, further and further, to where the stars like cat's eyes mark my route until the grit's all gone and I switch off the barrels turn off the slide door freezer the mobile sales chimer and the illuminated fiberglass 99s turn off the overhead reading light turn off the hazard light turn off the dimmers and then the engine when all is said and all is done my bucket kicked, my race been run, my eyes grown weak, my legs have gone, my fallen body does become my dead hearted patiently wait with open arms for me and a quiet. Thank you. 